This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com. Okay, hello and welcome to uh, this end of year ultra special blueprint review podcast, whatever you want to call it. Um, end of we've done this a bit early, haven't we? Yeah, it's been, yeah. We're, we're never very good at sort of timing our uh, end of year podcast. But here we are anyway, we're going to talk about the best... Well, we're and... why the quality is so bad. Oh yeah, sorry, I was, I was going to mention that. Um, we're, we've changed tact uh, because obviously... Darren and Laura, I don't know if we mentioned this last podcast, I think we did. Darren and Laura have buggered off to France, and we've got Lindsay in Edinburgh at the moment, and then it's just me. <laughs> uh, the other guys, Chris and, Chris and Alan, we invited them to join us, but they, they couldn't make it, or Alan never told us what was going on, so who knows. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, so we're recording it, sort of an international podcast, and we're using Google Hangout, so it's... Uh, sort of conference video call sort of thing, so the, the audio quality is not amazing, uh, but we're going to go with it, and yeah, it'll be good fun. Cool. Let's just get straight into it, I say. So Let's not mess about. Uh, what we're going to look at, obviously the best films, our worst films, disappointments, surprises, um, let's start with the worst. Dave, you can start us off. I'm Have we all s- done five? Yeah, I've done five. Three, plus three, three. Linz? Five. Oh, okay, we've introduced everyone who's here. Oh, you did at the beginning. Kind so, of, yeah. Okay, so Dave, what is your fifth worst film of 2013? My fifth worst film, of, as usual, my bottom list is is got quite a few random films that no one's ever heard of in there because I watch some shit sometimes. Um, I've uh, I've my fifth worst is Journey to the Christmas Star, uh, which was a. <laughs> <laughs> did you make that yourself? I got I I got sent. <laughs> I got sent. I got sent uh, like three Christmas movies to review um, that came out on DVD this year, and uh, two of them are actually in this bottom five. Uh, and uh, Journey's Christmas Star. It was. Um, I mean, I'm partial to a Christmas film, and I kind of wanted to like this. It looks nice. It's all set in this sort of fantasy sort of world that's quite nicely realised. But there's there's no drama in the story at all, and it's just it's just kind of like. It's a, it it just it's just quite tedious because there's just no excitement. It's a kids film and there's no like they're in this fancy world and nothing yeah. happens. There's nothing at stake. There's nothing like there's never any danger. Like this this little girl that it follows around on this sort of quest. She um she gets all the help by other people. She doesn't really achieve anything herself, and no one's out to really kill her or anything. They're just trying to stop her finding this star. And it's just just bollocks. It was yeah. It was, boring but it's it's number five it's not the bottom because it kind of had some nice elements to it It kind of looks i liked the sort of production design and things but it just had no oomph to it no drama yeah that's mine did that come out this year yeah well it was released in the uk this year yeah i think it was i think it's a it's like a um no it's it's can't remember i think it's norwegian or swedish or something scandinavian anyway it was um but it was dubbed into english and released this year on Straight to DVD though, but um, yeah. Fair enough, slightly slightly random. Lindsay, what is your fifth worst film of 2013? 
At number five on my worst list is Anchorman 2, whatever it was called, Ron Burgundy something legend. Um, it was really boring. And uh, obviously I, I, the, the cinema, everybody else seems to quite enjoy it and they were laughing long, but it was, it's your usual Will Ferrell crap. It's like, there's a joke and then there's another joke on top of that joke. And then I'm gonna drag that joke out for about 15 minutes till it's not funny. And then I'm gonna put it in a shark. <laughs> it was just, it was, actually that does sound quite funny but it was just it had some really interesting bits in it it had a load of really kind of really cool cameos and really funny people but as a film I was like is this still on am I still watching this this is really boring did I you like that's number five uh I have I've only seen it once and I remember being kind of amused by it but I don't remember being a massive it's a bit of a fanboy thing for me I think and I was just a bit I was just left a little bit not amused by something that's supposed to be funny. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, my fifth worst film, I always feel guilty putting it, but actually I, I chose this one because of the director. Because, um, and Jack the Giant Slayer is my fifth worst film. Yeah. Has anybody got that or? I haven't seen I haven't it. I haven't seen it. Um, yeah, obviously, it's just a, obviously it's a textbook Hollywood blockbuster. It's absolute shite on every single level. Um, so normally I won't even bother putting it, I wouldn't even class it as a film. But because it's directed by Brian Singer, you sort of feel like, surely this guy can do better than this. And um, uh, it, Yeah, it's just awful. No, no, no need to elaborate. It's a really piss-poor film. Yeah. Cool. Um, you I, haven't got a five, have you? Okay, no, so say. skip to me. Um, my number four, uh, my number four, a bit like you, is um, it's probably not the worst film I've... It's probably probably shouldn't be this in this list, maybe, but... It was so disappointing. Was Shield of Straw, uh, which I've seen at Cannes. I mean, it's not out over here, but it was. Um, it's Takashi Miike. I mean, he's he's a film. He's he's a director who's quite sort of all over the shop. Anyway, he he directs hundreds of films, and so the quality levels can be a bit hit and miss. Anyway, but I was quite looking forward to this. It was it was the first film I saw in Cannes this year, and I was like, okay, Takashi Miike, action thriller. This is going to be my sort of thing. I'm going to really enjoy it. 13 Assassins, which you made recently, I absolutely loved it. It was my number one film a couple of years ago. But this was just, it was just bollocks. It was too long. It wasn't, it was so generic and so sort of cheesy. And yeah, I, I just, yeah, it was just a bit naff. It was just disappointing more than anything. And, uh, so maybe it wasn't as awful as some of the films on this top five, bottom five, but still it annoyed me. So I've, I've got it in there. Fair enough. Fair enough. Linz? Uh, my number four, cast your minds back all the way to the beginning of last year. Well, yeah, um, was Gangster Squad. Um, similar things, I suppose. It, I felt I was quite looking forward to it, and then and it had a really good cast. And then it was just three or four different films mashed together. And I, and I just remember being really let down by what could have been a really interesting film that ended up having this weird bullet time thing going on in the middle of it. It was so. I was just angry with it. When I looked through the list of films out this year, I was like, oh, yes, I remember disliking that one. So that's Do you reckon it's partly because of the expectation as well? I think so. Yeah, and it's also, you think you've got, you know, Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, Sean Penn, not Sean Bean. <laughs> that would have been a very good film. And it was Gangster just, it squad. Just, it was like somebody just in the edit suite decided that now it was time to make it gangster, a, 30s, a 20s, 30s film that met The Matrix. It just didn't work. It just didn't work. It had no consistency and it angered me. And yes, I was looking forward to it and it was just 
That was a film I was really looking forward to, but there was so much negative press, I kind of avoided it. But I still, I'm still semi-tempted, but maybe I shouldn't. It's probably worth a watch, but you just to, it will annoy you, Dave, I guarantee yeah. it. Sounds it. Yeah. Darren? Okay, my, my fourth is a film called Nebraska. Oof. I would Ooh. never put it this low, but yeah, it was disappointing. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, so Nebraska's actually getting loads of, like, awards, balls. Bruce Stern, who won the uh, Palm d'Or for Best Actor at Cannes. He's also nominated for a BAFTA. Undoubtedly, he'll be nominated for an Oscar. Um, and, yeah, it's... Um, I really fucking hated this film. I thought it was, it was incredibly badly written. I mean, um, I have a problem with his... I think, we, we obviously, we reviewed this relative... Well, we reviewed it at Cannes. I mean, I have a massive problem with his character. His, his characters. I, for me, he draws really unrealistic, really cartoony characters and then sits them in this really sort of quite realistic... It just doesn't sit right. The film, I really hated it. Um, and it's done in black and white, and it's it's just... Yeah, it's just bollocks. But it'll probably win loads of awards. So, uh, yeah. what do I know? Um, so, Dave, back to your number three. My number three, uh, another film I saw in Cannes. Uh, this was Muhammad Ali's Greatest Fight. Um, ah. And this was, it was, uh, is it Stephen Frears? I'm trying to think who directed it. No, God knows. Fucking awful. It was, um, yeah, again, I thought, decent director. I'm in safe hands. It should be an interesting story. It's, it was about it was about Muhammad Ali, the court case um Muhammad Ali um, was involved with because um, he was trying to well well this is coming out wrong but it's, it's basically about he was, he was saying that he didn't want to go to Vietnam because of his religious beliefs and things like that and there's this big court case about it so this subject matter was fascinating and I thought oh great this is going to be good but it was such as it was just like a TV movie the presentation was so bland and again like like some of the other films I've mentioned it's just it's just really flat and it just it didn't really have any drama to it and it, it, it I, again it was more I was just really disappointed because this story had so much potential and there just wasn't anything there it was it was so flat and so sort of generic and it was it was another big disappointment for me but again it's not one that's really come out over here I think it came out in the U, in America it might I think it actually did get shown on TV but rather than the cinemas but yeah pretty shit okay Lindsay number three uh, oblivion and again, I think it's because I foolishly had high expectations. And then it just, it was just so bad on so many levels. And the point where, spoiler alert, he fights himself. I was what? like, this is basically just Tom Cruise having a fight. It was just a big ego trip from Tom Cruise. <clears throat> and I think, I don't know why I didn't expect that to be the case. Tom Cruise hasn't done a decent film in a long time. So... Um, I was misled and just, and it made me angry because it just it totally, I don't even recall it making any sense because <laughs> it was this whole like the clone thing and the yeah no it's just stupid film. Serious spoiler in here from Lindsay. Yeah, I'm yeah well I said spoiler alert. Yeah. Like, not not, oh, it's, um, it's not worth it. it it's no, I'm not that bothered. It, it's Do a Tom Cruise ego time. vehicle. All your bottom five films are, are films that Jay wanted to watch in your top five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be true for the films that aren't even on the list that I've just given up because I don't feel like I watch them <laughs> out of my own choice. We're not even going to talk about Alan Partridge. So uh, actually, I liked it, it wasn't too bad. But yeah, it wasn't too bad. But yes, to a degree, yes. Uh, Darren, you're number three. My number three is a film called About Time. Oh. Ooh. Oh, let's talk about that one yet, though. Oh. Okay. 
Ooh, okay. And Laura, I believe you have a number three. I have a number three. My three is probably, like some people were saying before, a bit harsh. Um, it's side effects, one with numerate oh, um, really? I just thought you guys quite liked that. I, might, or did... I liked it. Yeah. Laura did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I think Laura just didn't, couldn't remember my, anything. The thing is, <laughs> I, I I didn't have a social life for four months, so I didn't go out to the cinema as much as I have done the past couple of years. So my pool of films to choose from was not very big. All right. I, this is why it's a bit harsh, not because directors are anything like that, just because I haven't seen as many films as I would have liked to have seen this yeah. year. But yeah, side effects. Um, uh, yeah, it's just because I just it was a little bit ridiculous. Like, and 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 part of the reason why it's on my worst five is because there were there was Signs of it being really good, like the subject matter and, and the story had um, real potential, but then it failed in other ways. Like, I don't want to do spoilers, but there is a scene in it that just, you're just like, what, what is this? What's going on now? And it just, it didn't quite all come together for me in the way that I hoped it would, and that sort of works for my worst five because it had potential and then disappointed. Surely it's a thousand times better than Oz the Great and the Powerful. <laughs> Well, maybe. Different well, types of film. <laughs> um, Do you know what? I'd, I'd, that one just didn't even factor into my... Okay, Sorry. today, we're, get, we're getting to the, the dirty now. Yeah. Uh, well, my bottom, my bottom two are both sort of straight to DVD trash fests. So um, number two is Maximum Conviction. Uh, <laughs> Dave, you watch awful films. <laughs> My number two is. No, I won't say much, but basically, it's, I mean, it's an, it was a cheesy action movie. It's got um, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Steven Seagal in. Oh my so god! So you don't gosh. expect much from a film like that. But for me, I, I sort of rate those sort of films on a different level. So I mean, there's some trashy straight to DVD uh, stuff. There's a Steve Austin film that's probably in my top twenty or something that I thought was awesome. It was great fun. But this was just, you could tell both of them were just cashing it in. They were so bored. Steven Seagal is, is so fat now as well. And he's just, he lollops on screen and he's, and he's reading his lines. Is he fatter than Val Kilmer? Yeah. And, and he's just, <laughs> oh my God. And he's, he's just reading his lines off a fucking cue card. And he's just so bored with it all. And it's, the, the sad thing is, is, is there's, there's one scene where there's a fight with these um, sort of uh, other sort of like, I don't know, SAS type guy, not SAS, what the fuck, I don't know, some some guys fighting. <laughs> and, uh, and and it's these young sort of up-and-coming actors that, um, they're not in the film very much, uh, but their fight's amazing, and you think, fuck, why didn't he, did it, why didn't they just make him the lead and fuck these sort of old guys off, and it would have been quite good, but it was just, that you you could just feel the paycheck sort of being cashed while you're watching the film, it's just, yeah, bollocks. Boo. Fair enough, Linz. Uh, my number two was Now You See Me. Um, because, oh, my God. Because it could have been a really good, trashy action heist movie. And then they introduced actual magic for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> it was like, oh, okay, this is all about light of hand and mis misdirection. Spoiltastic, I don't really want to watch this. <laughs> well, don't, because it's terrible. Oh. And the reason it's terrible is because the whole thing is built upon the power of misdirection. And then they put things in it that are completely impossible. So the height, the whole heist movie, and the the idea of them being magicians that um, that do that have it starts as a heist movie and then it changes its tack a few times and what they're really trying to achieve and the kind of the twists and turns that it takes. 
completely undermined by the fact that one of them can fly for no reason what? whatsoever. Really exactly, exactly. But it's only a small scene, but there's a few things in it where they completely shatter the whole premise they set up, and then it's just like, well, this is just a pile of shit. And yeah. it's a real shame because it could have been a really good, just is what it is kind of film. But no, it was just annoying. It's been like because people can't do successful, hasn't it? Has it? Because, well, it, I imagine it's a massive box office hit. But yeah. well over 100 million. Yeah. Well, why? When? Since when was that a measure of quality? Oh no, I'm not one, two, and three. Surprising. Well, what I'm saying is, it wasn't like a big blockbuster. It's a, it's a quite a small film, and it still ended up for some somehow it's made loads of money. You know, it's, it's not a, the, the type of film you'd expect yeah. to make loads of money. Not animation. It was an in- it's a really interesting premise, though. Like, we really wanted to see it in the cinema, and actually, we ended up catching it on demand, and because and because we, we just missed it. And I was like, that film actually looks quite good. And then I watched it, and I was like, no. okay. Well, anyway, my number two is Only Lovers Left Alive. Oh. Um, Jim Jarmusch. Um, it's um, the premise is brilliant. It's got Tilda Swinton in it, and it's got Tom Hiddleston in it playing vampires. Uh, okay. And I was kind of excited by it, but it is just the worst. It's it's not the worst film. Obviously, it was one, but it's the second worst film I've seen all year. Um, it's just fucking terrible, though. It's not not just like some of the films. It sounds like a, a common theme is the films that make our bottom fives are ones that are disappointing. Like they could have been better. They could have been this. And all oh, this could have been. This is just downright fucking shit. It's <laughs> the writing. It's just painful. It's so painfully put together. It's it's like it's literally like college students making a vampire film. Mm. Oh, awesome, sounds brilliant. Oh, it's, <laughs> no, you know, actually, it's not. I'm yeah. giving it too much credit. If if students made a vampire film, there'd be loads of blood and violence. And <laughs> shit, were brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I saw that can as well, and I mean, it wasn't in my bottom five because I mean, for me, the the style just about made it watchable for me because it, I love the sort of I love the sort of world they create. But yeah, you're right. They just don't do anything with it. They, well, they don't do anything. It's just fucking one of those boring films I've ever seen. It's, it's yeah, it was pretty dire. weird. Weird film. Yeah. Um, Laura, number two is about time. Sarah <laughs> um, mentioned before. I don't even know who bothered to talk about it. It was so dull. <laughs> like it was just, and it got, and it like people loved it as well, which is really surprising. But. It's a Richard Curtis film. Yeah, that little yeah. Love or hate. Say no more. Although, did, did anyone love it, though? <laughs> no, but I think, no. it was, yeah, it was just, it was boring, and it it kind of, obviously, it's time travel, which can always have quite problematic, prop, can always have problems. This one had massive problems, to a point where you just couldn't, I couldn't even quite work out, like, how does that even make sense? <laughs> well, I can't quite work out how that could have happened if that happened. And I know that happens with time travel, but this one particular. Time travel. Time, oh, time travel. <laughs> this is how bad it is. You know, when you, like we're saying in time travel films, you know, you can have arguments about Looper or Time Cop or whatever. You can have arguments about it, about how it does it. This is so bad. The least of its problems is how inept it is as a time travel film. <laughs> <laughs> The fact that it makes no sense, it's the fact that it's the most crazy, the most bollocked rules to do a time travel you've ever fucking witnessed on cinema. It, that is the least problems. That is how shit it is. Mm. It's really fucking dull. Yeah. Um, right. Really dull. Let's do it. The worst films. The worst films of the year. 
Okay, my worst film, uh, I'm afraid it's another straight DVD piece of shit, but is uh, my other Christmas film that I watched, The Great Santa Rescue. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, my God, Dave. <laughs> don't count. <laughs> there's, nothing, there's nothing like playing to a mainstream audience, Dave. I'm going to give you that. <laughs> I, I, just, I just hate to badmouth sort of classier films when there's, I've seen some absolute atrocities. Again, it's like... Again, it's you put it on, you think, okay, it's a Christmas film. I'll give it a bit. I'll give it a bit of leeway, but it was uh, like the previous, like the other Christmas film. It, it's just, it's just not fun. It's not exciting. It's not anything. It's, it's, it's almost as though they think, oh, it's a kids' film. Who cares? That they'll enjoy anything. Just stick Santa in there. It's like, no, kids still want to be excited, or they want to laugh, or they. It's, it's, it, it, uh, it's just so dull, and uh, it's like. As well, it's it just it, ah, it's so frustrating. <laughs> there's one an example of like where they're just like they clearly the filmmakers are just insane. It's it's like they've got a moment where um the it's it's set in the it's set in like uh, southern America, like uh, not South America, but like the set, southern states. I can't remember which Texas or something like that. And it's um because it's I think the American title is a country Christmas. And uh, they're on this barn. They spent Santa and his and his chief elf are basically staying in this barn most of the time, and um, because they 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 crash land in there and they can't they they because nobody believes in Santa anymore. They can't he can't get he has lost his magic powers to fly off. Um, so this little girl's trying to get people to believe in Santa again because because basically there's this evil politician who's banned people from believing in Santa. It's, it's bollocks. But um, but basically, there's one scene where the um, what some of the animals, like a, a goat and a horse, like eat some of this magic dust or something that that's used for the um, for the uh, reindeer to make them fly. And so you've got these farm animals that've eaten this magic dust and they can fly, and, and it also makes them talk. And you think, oh, they're going to have some hijinks or something now. And it's like, but they don't even bother. It's like there's one scene they're talking and they say some stupid bollocks, and then. Then after that, you forget about it. They don't do anything. They don't fly anywhere. They don't do anything. And it's just—it's like the filmmakers don't want you to, children to have fun. It's like you will watch this fucking film. It's like we—we we won't let you enjoy it. It's—it's—it's it's, it's almost like it denies you from doing it. It's, it was just—I just couldn't believe how dull and flat and just crap it was. It was—it was—it was unbelievable. But yeah, well, no I'll worst film. Like anything? Oh, you sound so angry. <laughs> Will be better. They'll be better than my first one. <laughs> we'll see. Right, Lindsay. Is it? Is it me? Yeah. The worst film I saw in 2013 was Man of Steel. Oh, muddy yeah. Because because it was because shit. Don't ruin anything. Two main reasons. Two. Oh. Okay. <laughs> no. Jesus, what's wrong with you all? You've all been watching weird, crazy, foreign Christmas films. I saw it. My problem with Man of Steel, well, first of all, it was it was too long. And second oh, of all, yeah. um, it takes quite an interesting premise, the idea of it, you know, it's the kind of somewhere between Smallville and Superman thing where we see him as when he's young and when he's trying to decide um, if he wants to be Superman, we'll get over Russell Crowe. I'll, I'll give them that. They can have that. We can get over Kevin Costner. They can have that. That's fine. But this kind of coming of age Superman story that then for absolutely no reason other than that somebody just wimped out of trying to make something that was about a character and about a plot tacked on a 35, 40, 50, could have been three hours long. I have no recollection. Action sequence. Oh, yeah. In which 
they raise Manhattan to the ground. So yeah. Superman, who is the ultimate protector of human life and who has this overwhelming urge to protect us poor human beings, murders billions and billions of New Yorkers <laughs> in, you know, they've got scenes of people running from crumbling skyscrapers yeah. in yeah, downtown Manhattan. Yeah, yet they make a big deal of the one showdown between one one woman or whatever that he's ca captured. It's like, you've just fucking probably killed thousands of people. Exactly. Uh, yeah. they, 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 they killed billions and billions of New York. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. There's not that many people in yeah. New York. My, my numbers are a little bit off, I think, but you know what I mean. I think for me as well, because... <laughs> I, I was disappointed by Man of Steel as well, but I didn't hate it as much as you. I thought some bits it kind of worked, but it, it was for me as well. That that final bit is is it makes it makes it sound amazing. It's like oh great, they're destroying the city, have this big battle, but it's just it's it's like the most dull action scene I've seen all year mm -hmm. because because they're all they're all superheroes, they're all invincible, so they're just throwing yeah. each other back and forth between smash one building, smash another building, smash another building. It's just there's so no subtlety, no nuance. No, and you just don't care. And, and and this is a spoiler alert, Darren. You might want to put your fingers in your ears. Oh, no. Super Superman has a coming of age moment. No, just don't listen. When basically there's a tornado oh, and yeah. the family dog is stuck in the car and his dad goes back to get the dog and Superman's like, Aunt Clark can. He's like, no, I can get him. And his dad's like, no, no, because you don't want anyone to know that you've got these superpowers. So what I'm going to do is me, little old human being, me, in the middle of a tornado, I'm going to walk back to the car to save the dog and, and then I'm going to die. And that's going to, yeah, I'm going to die to teach my son a lesson. And there's a billion ways, I'm on the billions today, that that kid could have made, he could have moved so fast no one would have seen a damn thing and he could have made it look like the dog was running. They could have let the dog fucking die. Yeah, I was going to say, it probably would have made more sense to let the dog hole. die. <laughs> yeah, and it didn't even move him forward in the plot that much. No. All it did was, was give him a kind of... Sorry. <laughs> it's in the middle yes. of the film, it's bollocks. Sorry. Don't watch it anyway, it's, it's rubbish. It just, it, you know what, it just made me angry because it was like, you know, this is a really interesting character. It's a really interesting point in this character's story. And what you did was you made fucking 2012, the day after tomorrow, you made a big flicking, just CGI wank disaster yeah. flick. And he just, he didn't look any different. He put glasses on at the end to be Clark Kent. And he looked exactly the same. Whereas when you watch the original Superman, the physical transformation that Christopher Reeve makes between really? Clark Kent and Superman. Well, there's a bit. It's bigger. Yeah, one. I guess it's bigger. Yeah. It, and it's subtle, but it works. Whereas this one, he's like, I'm this big fucking buff dude, but I'm a journalist. Uh, yeah. I don't think so. But yeah, angry, rage. Oh, I like films that make people angry. Darren, what was your worst film of 2013? My worst film of 2013 is most definitely Only God Forgive You. <laughs> oh, we were going to watch it, but I never heard anything good about it, so I didn't bother. Well, don't watch it ever. Is it just not really I bet you good? anybody Man of Steel is more fun than this film. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Isn't this film really violent? No. Oh uh, well, it is in little shot bursts. It, it is. It's it's quite nasty actually, but it's yeah. It's got a few sequences of real nastiness, but even the sequences where it gets really violent and nasty are fucking terrible. It's, it's not, the whole film is terrible. It is the whole film is in slow motion. I am not joking. <laughs> yeah. I wish we had video call on because I will give you an impression of how the film operates. Uh. It's literally like the film is forty five minutes long, and then they've slowed it down so much. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think it was still the rough cut. They hadn't actually trimmed anything down yet. It was oh dear. Assembly. Oh, assembly. It's fucking bollocks. Oh, it's just slow. It, it kind of it's got a, it sort of looks beautiful, I suppose. It looks got... incredible. I, that's that's why it's not in my bottom five. I kind of just about forgive the same as Only God Forgives it. The style kind of just saved it a little bit. 
Um, but they're both near my sort of bottom 10. Sort Towards of the end, yeah. I mean, but for me, it wasn't enough. The film was just so incredibly dull. Ryan Gosling is so incredibly bad. The script is so painfully written. That What's the fucking fact? Is the English woman? Oh, it's Kristen Scott Thomas. Kristen Scott Thomas, who is brilliant, obviously. She, her character is just owl-gougingly fucking irritating. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, what I found with her is, the thing is she kind of, because she was the only character with any sort of life to her, I kind of, I, I enjoyed her scenes, even though it was ridiculously over the top. It's like, because Ryan Gosling was so vacuous, it was like, I couldn't wait for her to come on screen and kind of do something. <laughs> it's like... Cause okay, the, yeah, I mean, I, I get that, but I just think some of their yeah, dialogue. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it was just, the film is just beyond abysmal. That yeah, is I, that is in another one of my sections for later, but never mind. Not my oh, top okay. ten. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can guess that one. Um, so that is definitely my worst film of the year. Um, Laura? Uh, my worst film of the year was Star Trek. What? Really? Yeah. I, I was, was disappointed, but I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's pretty crap. No, but I don't like Star Trek anyway. And people promised me, like... People just love it, and they absolutely promised me that it was going to be brilliant, and it just wasn't. So again, it's probably one of those hyped up to be something that yeah. it's not. But it's it has some just, major plot flaws. I, I've got a lot of time for Benedict Cumberbatch after Sherlock, and it was after that film I started to lose my time for him because he was, I thought he was quite bad in it. It was just so two D. It was just awful, and it just it just. I'm sorry, the, the story is just uninteresting. It is not. Just this whole idea that it's supposed to be something really intelligent. It isn't. It's boring. It's dull. It's it's not. There's no depth. It's just absolute crap. And I don't understand. And this winds me up even more. But I just don't understand why so many people like it. Because it's boring. So the first one was all right. Yeah. Oh, and uh, um, Simon Pegg. Oh my god. Oh, well, you have to almost just pretend he doesn't exist in these films. Yeah, you do. The, only do. Way to get the doctor was yeah. really bad as well. Who I cannot believe the doctor, who every single line is like some kind of fucking little and large punchline type thing, yeah. is um, he's he's the guy who plays Judge Dredd. Is he? Is it really? Yes. How Urban Cossie is? Yeah. Oh fucking hell, that's crazy. Mad. The, <laughs> the cheesy doctor, like every every fucking line's a fucking Christmas cracker joke. Yeah. Judge Dredd, I was just oh, thinking... It doesn't say a great deal in Judge Dredd, though. There's so many painful in-jokes to Star Trek in that film as well. It's just, like, really... Yeah, I think it's the, the, is... the whole thing is really painful. Yeah. It's fucking really embarrassingly bad, that film, actually. Yeah. And it's terrifying that he's making the new Star Wars film. <laughs> I don't know. No, because I, that'll be I don't know. Shit. I, I, anyway, I don't know why yeah. I'm bothering. I, I still generally enjoy his films. I think... Oh, I don't know. I mean, although Star Trek... That was probably his worst that I've seen... For me, yeah, but yeah. um, but yeah, I, 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 yeah, I'm not too worried. All the big blockbusters worried. this year, all the big blockbusters this year were a bit kind of flat. Like Iron Man three oh, was know. watchable, but Star, it's like Star Trek. I don't really remember it. I remember thinking, well, there's loads of other bodies there. Why do you have to keep him alive? You can use one of them dudes for your potion. Hmm. Um, <laughs> like, I remember thinking, looking at the plot and thinking, hold on a second, this doesn't make any sense. It's gibberish. Um, it pure yeah, gibberish. there's just so much gibberish in it. Whereas stuff like which isn't in any of my lists, but I did really enjoy it. was like something like Pacific Rim that was like, actually, this is kind of big, blockbustery, massive special effects type movie that was actually pretty well put together. And it wasn't, I think the problem with things like Star Trek and Iron Man is they're a bit smug. They're a little bit like, we know people are going to love this film. Yeah. And it's like, I am 
Um, Iron Man 2, to be very straight. I've not seen 3. Iron Man 2. I, hate, I love 1, hated 2, not seen 3. 3's like 2, it's, you know, it's, uh, Robert Downey Jr. makes that film much better than it should be. Um, but there's, and there's loads of cool, the CG's done really well, there's loads of really cool robotic stuff. There's loads of different Iron Man suits that other people get to wear. Um, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow takes most of her clothes off. It's It's watchable, but... It's the same. It's the same thing with like Avatar and stuff like that. These film filmmakers who get a little bit too big for their boots and think people will just watch it anyway. They're not trying anymore. They're just thinking, well, yeah, if I've got pretty effects. People do watch it anyway and do be yeah. What I don't understand. They made silly money, didn't they? Absolutely stupid. Oh god, yeah. Second biggest film of the year, wasn't it? Now behind Hunger Games, but, but anyway, okay. Oh, that's all right. I didn't know that. No, Hunger Games has just taken over it. Right. Um, Woohoo! Okay, ah. so. Um, there we go. There's our five worst films. Are we, are we going to go straight into the best or do surprises and no, disappointments? No, I think we should do the biggest disappointment. We should get more positive as we go along. Okay. Uh, the biggest okay. Dave, well, what is your biggest disappointment? Biggest oh, disappointment, I actually, I hinted at this earlier, but my biggest disappointment was Only God Forgives because I loved Drive and uh, when, I, yeah. when I heard that, I mean, the, the way, when the first sort of, sort of word of mouth, first sort of buzz started coming around um, Only God Forgives before it was released, um, was saying, oh, it's like it's like Drive, but it's a, a martial arts film. And I was like, oh my god, I'm just, I, I basically sort of wet myself as soon as I heard that. And it's just, it sounded, it just, it, it should have been the perfect film for me, but it's so, so bad. It was just, it was just so drawn out, so slow, so dull. I mean, for me, it wasn't in my bottom list because I thought stylistically it was incredible. Um, and I think I kept wanting to like it as I watched it, but it just, no, yeah, it was so disappointing. Aww. Yeah. Although now you mentioned Pacific Rim, that was a bit disappointing, but it wasn't as, not as, not as It wasn't, as yeah, it was a bit, I was a bit indifferent to it. Um, my most disappointing film was uh, a documentary, it was Spirit of 45 by Ken Loach. Because um, oh. he's a man who has in the past made incredible films about, you know, the working class condition and revolution. And Spirit of 45 was 90 minutes of good old days. Yeah. It was just... He's he got like that in the last few years, though. It was really sentimental, and it could have been a really interesting look at, um, at how, you know, we need to almost... We need to start again, like, after the Second World War, we had to start again because we had nothing in, in terms of building the way that we, we structure and we build society. But what it was... Was lots of very adorable, very lovely old people. You know, their stories were really interesting. But at the end, it was like, so what? Really? What are you trying? What are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to change? Sorry. Music-style filmmaking. Yeah, it was just nostalgia, and it was like, oh, back in the good old days, it was like this, and it was like, well, we live in the new days, and unless you're going to offer me a way that says. Back in the good old days, we did this, and this is how we can change now. But it never went any further than the little nostalgic pocket that it sat in. And, and you know, it was, it was beautifully shot, and the, they did a really good job with the documentary footage. And it was a really well-made film, but it just said nothing. And it was yeah. so disappointing as a result of that. Um, and it was just like, you know, there was a chance to do something and to say, you know, this is, we need to reset and start again. But it was just like, no, no. So I was sad. I was sad after that film. Fair enough. Okay. My disappointment. Um, oh, we're doing disappointments, aren't we? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yes. Um, God, Star Trek, I mean, Thor 2 was going to be there, but actually the ending kind of redeemed it. I kind of enjoyed it, but it was a massive disappointment. Oh, is it good? I haven't seen it yet. Star Trek was one of my disappointments. 
Um, Hunger Games 2 is one of my big disappointments of the year. But the one I'm going to go for, the biggest disappointment of the year, is Monsters University. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say that. Because I love love Monsters, Inc. I love Pixar. They've gone off the boil. The trailers were good. The pre-buzz was good. I thought, yeah. Did you you watch Monsters, Inc. before you went and watched Monsters, U? Yeah. Oh, there's your problem. You see, if you watch it on its own, it's not a bad film. Well, no, I watched it. When you it. then watch think it's a, it's not as. Good. I watched it on its own, and no, it was just so average. It was like, yeah, it was just, just really bland. It was weird. It's, it's like a generic. It was so generic. That's the thing. It was kind yeah. of funny and entertaining. Yeah. But it was, it was like, so it's generic. Crap film with monsters in, but it's like, but well, Pixar are better than that. Yeah. New cliche. I did like the big purple monster. Yeah, it's just disappointing. It's really disappointing. It was kind of, but yeah. no, no, very disappointing. Yeah. Um, I don't think Laura's got one. Yeah. Oh, have you got one? Um, I was Hunger Games. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've yeah. Not seen okay. It. Don't get me wrong. I was going to say, you really, know, your... <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> but, but it was nowhere near as good as the first one, so it, it was. Probably weirdly, but again, it's this light lack of pull to choose from. Yeah, I still really enjoyed it. Still thought it was brilliant, but um, I thought it was it, it was nowhere near as good as the first one, and I absolutely loved the first one. So I is just, that the fault of the story? Uh, possibly, yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, from what I've been told about the book, I'm trying not to do any spoilers. Hope I don't. From what I've been told about the book, um, and I've never read the book, and this is only sort of from hearing it from the people. Apparently, there's a lot of um, her thinking about oh, which boy should I go for, which mm. absolutely makes Ugh. me sick. That doesn't come across so much in the film, which I'm so glad that it doesn't. Like it doesn't. That sh- that isn't really played. But I don't know. It's just, it's just a bit lacking. The, the the first one had a lot of depth, and I think the build up in the first one was probably better than the Hunger Games itself. In fact, it was it just and, and and the second one was probably darker in many ways, which I quite liked. But it just I don't know. There just wasn't. Something missing. I don't quite know what it was. It was too rushed. They never lingered yeah. on any moment in that film. Yeah. It was just like this happens and this happens. No emotional weight was given to any aspect of it, so yeah. you just didn't care yeah. as much because it just had so much to kind of speed through and it's just sped through it. So you, there's just no emotional weight to it. But saying that, I think it's amazing not to get all fucking weird about it. But I think it's amazing that it, it's the biggest film of the year. It's a strong female character who isn't, you know, who, who isn't a traditional female and send, you know. In, and she's a traditional yeah. strong female character. <laughs> Let's not talk about it too I'm going about in film. I'm about in film. Oh, okay. Okay. So, um, so let's, let's, let's move on to my biggest surprise then. Surprise. Uh, my biggest surprise. Right. My, my biggest character looks like that's what he's saying. It was quite, it was quite <laughs> tricky this one, but I think actually my biggest surprise this year was actually uh, this is the end. This <laughs> is the uh, the oh, God, yeah. the comedy with uh, oh god with loads of. Famous people in it, uh, Joan Hill. Hill, and all that lot. It was. I, I think it's because it, it's a film that it was. I think it was. It was either my dad's birthday or it was Father's Day. I think it was Father's Day, and uh, me and my dad and my brother. Down and go watch that film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, me, me and my dad, and my brother, was like, oh, we'll go to the cinema, and there was nothing on. That was the only film that was on at the same right time, and it was like, oh. And James kind of wanted to watch it, and I, was, I wasn't that sure. I was like, go on then. And but you know what? I, I really, I enjoyed it. I laughed my, laughed my. Leg off. Stuff, whatever, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I enjoyed it. It's not a brilliant film. Um, it's, it's, it's self-indulgent, yeah, whatever. But 
it's, it, it was a lot of fun. It's surprisingly, I wouldn't say poignant, it's not poignant, but it had enough sort of heart there towards the end to sort of make you care about what was going on. But for me, it was more about the chemistry because the, the, most of the cast are all sort of mates and a lot of the dialogue and jokes are kind of uh, improvised and stuff. And a lot of people don't don't like that about the film. They kind of think it's just them, a bit, bit of wankery. But it worked to me. You kind of, it, you, you, I, I sort of got in to their sort of fun sort of let's have a laugh and just make a film sort of thing and I enjoyed it it, it's, it was a big surprise to me I, I expected to hate it so yeah that's mine cool Lindsay uh, this was tricky because one of my biggest surprises of the year has actually made it onto my best list so we'll leave that um, I thought World War Z was quite surprising in that there was no big gun battle but I've gone I've gone for the last stand which is the okay, yeah, yeah. because it you know, right. you, you, when it's when it's a certain someone's turn to pick a film and it's got Johnny Knoxville and Arnold Schwarzenegger in it and he's a retired cop on a border town in you know in America you think this is going to be weird this is just going to be terrible and actually um it was pretty decent like I remember it, it being a really good fun b really just kind of tight really well yeah. put together like the script was pretty, it wasn't too hammy. The characters were, you know, kind of two and a half dimensional. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger doesn't talk too much. In fact, his whole character is built on the fact that he's a grumpy old man and nobody really talks to him. And then it had its little final stunt sequence, the last, you know, the big action set piece at the end, was really, really good and wasn't just people shooting people. And I was like, actually, this film really good fun so I was really because I expect especially because I had Johnny Knoxville in it Jesus Christ at that point you should just go I can't believe it didn't make it it was really really interesting the car chase through the cornfield yeah it was awesome the car chase I know but it's because it was surprising it's still it's still a film with Schwarzenegger and Johnny Knoxville and let's not let's not forget that but (laughs) I was I was genuinely most surprised by how much I was like this film's pretty good actually I thought it was pretty so to me, though, it was actually a little bit of a disappointment, but I, I came from the opposite. Whereas you were like, I was watching Johnny Knoxville, all this sort of thing, oh, rubbish. I was like, I was watching Johnny Knoxville, awesome. <laughs> it's like, but, uh, it, it was, it's all about the context. Yeah. But no, I, I, I thought it was all right. It, 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 was, it, was, it was solid. I think, because there have been a lot of these sort of bring back the oldies sort of expendables and all this sort of thing um, coming out. But that was probably on proper... If you take it in terms of filmmaking stuff, it's probably the most solid of all of these recent sort of resurgence of mm. crusty, crusty action movies, whatever you want to call them. Um, but for me, it wasn't quite over the top enough. I kind of wanted a bit more carnage. But it, but yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it. It was all right. I see. I liked that it wasn't over the top. I liked yeah. that it was believable that a man of that age would be capable of doing that <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah. I quite liked that it was it was broadly plausible. Yeah, I did like the cornfield sequence though. That was cool. <laughs> You talked about this for a very yeah. long time. Yeah. <laughs> it's because it's quite good. Oh my god. Um, okay. Um, top. Uh, my my biggest surprise. I didn't want to say um, the great beauty just because I really liked it and it didn't make my top five, but that's kind of cheating. Um, so my biggest surprise is actually Django Unchained. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, that was almost I, my biggest disappointment. <laughs> really? Well, I don't like Quentin Tarantino. I don't like the person. I don't really like his films, except Pulp Fiction. Um, in fact, I really can't fucking stand his films. And I really thought the film looked awful. Um, and I actually really thought, I thought, it was a, I thought it was very good. And I felt as if it could have been unbelievably good, actually. I think if, it, if I had a better editor, and yeah. if it um, was 
Always. Shot the last 30, 40 minutes off at the end. If it was like 90 minutes, maybe 100 minutes, I think it could have been fucking yeah. brilliant. Yeah, that was my no, I thought, yeah. Um, but it wasn't. Leonardo Leon DiCaprio was amazing. Yeah, he's really. I thought, the, I thought the film was great. Samuel Jackson was obviously embarrassing. That scene where they're talking about the, the masks on was oh, embarrassing. God. Like I say, the, the point after the shootout in the house is just absolutely pointless. Quentin Tarantino himself, his cameo is embarrassing. You know, there's loads of. Get rid of all that, though, and it could have been fucking yeah. really. It could have been amazing. I think that's why. Screenplay is fucking retarded. Yeah. Because it's obviously not a great screenplay. Because it's. Because because of those reasons, because it's too long. There's there's a great screenplay in there, but what what is there is not a fucking great screenplay. No, uh, I mean I agree, like 100 percent with what you say, but I think that's why it was a big disappointment for me. I think because I I do like Quentin Tarantino's films, and I and and I think it annoyed me because it could have been brilliant. So it, mm. whereas it was just kind yeah. of it was still it was still very good. I mean, yeah, I always sound like I hated it, but I didn't. I actually really liked it, but it could have been great and it just it keeps on shooting itself in the foot and it's like it's so obvious what you could have done to make this film brilliant it's, yeah, it's frustrating but yeah but I think it's obviously because you expected to hate it more than you did yeah I expected so to detest the film yeah, yeah. cool um, well, have you got I, 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 I have I mean yeah it's, it's I've just sort of wangled it and <laughs> <laughs> you're you know, improvising I'm improvising yeah but my uh, I was quite surprised by Philomena just because I I can't stand Steve Coogan, can't stand him. But um, I thought this film was uh, quite beautiful. It was um, it, it was just the right amount, of, um, just the right amount of sentimentality without being overly overblown. There was some, um, just really beautiful scenes in it, some really nice moments. It and it kind of ended properly. It didn't you know, like I say, didn't go over the top. And and it, it just was quite a really nice, beautiful film and and very amusing. Um, and I don't think I'd quite expected that because I was expecting to hate it because I don't like Steve Coogan and I don't like his humour. Um, but it was very different to anything I've seen of his before. And I think you, the way this film actually. Um, was a nice way f- for him to express his humour. That sounds really weird, but yeah. that it kind of worked in that context for me. Whereas I don't like his stupid characters, but th- this particular one because he was a bit more normal really worked really well for me. I had yeah, it was a nice film. I liked it. I think it's a great film. It's, it definitely makes my top ten, but because we're doing top fives, it just misses out. But it just doesn't quite have enough of a story. And regarding the humour, there's a couple of lines which are like classic Steve Coogan, yeah. which really pulled me out of the film because it's clearly Steve Coogan, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, but it is a really good film. It's a very, very good film. I was going to watch it this weekend, but um, I didn't end up going last night. I just didn't have, didn't have a chance. Good story, then. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, oh, fun, funnily enough, though, instead of instead of watching that, I watched um, What Maisie Knew, which, which stars what? Steve Coogan. I watched you watched what? Night. What amazing you! <laughs> oh, that's gonna be great. It was all right. It was pretty good. I just I just posted my review on the site actually, but it was good. It wasn't brilliant. I think it, it's like it was it was a little bit flawed, but it was um, it was very good. Yeah, and he's he's pretty good in it, although he's not in it loads. But he's, um, <laughs> look at Dave always squeezes another fucking review in them. <laughs> but yeah, he was just talking about Steve Coogan because it's a very different film for him. But yeah, anyway. Should we start okay, in the top fives? Rattle through five. I actually think Dave. I'll start. Uh, can, can I just say something? We have actually we we actually 
do it a little bit differently. I just remembered. What we do, remember, we start with you for to do five, and then we move on to Lindsay to start four, then me to start Oh, remember. yeah. We shift a lot more. Anyway, come on to Dave, number five. Number five. My number five is Stories We Tell. Did anyone, else, did anyone see that this year? No. Oh, it was awesome. Um, it's it's It was a good year for documentaries, actually. There's quite a few decent documentaries this year, but... And that one was... It was... It's weird. It's the concept of the film is um, it's basically Sarah Polly or is it Polly or Polly? I guess it's Polly. Um, she it's it's a documentary that she's made about her and not necessarily about her life, but it's like about her family. There's there's some dark sort of I won't give anything away, uh, but there's a, a lot of messed up things that have happened, uh, particularly uh, surrounding her mother, um, and she sort of like opens up the lid on that and makes this documentary about that. And when, when, when you put it like that, it makes this film sound a bit sort of um, self-indulgent. Um, but it, the film goes off in different directions and it's just really fascinating. And it becomes more about sort of storytelling and about truth and things like that. And it's, it's, it's just a fascinating film. It's very original. It's very sort of captivating. Uh, it's, it's, it's been a little while since I've seen it, so it's difficult to get into too much detail. But I, I just loved it. It's, it was something fresh. It was new and just brilliantly done um it starts to get a little bit crazy towards the end but she pulls it together and uh and uh yeah it's great really good cool sarah paul is a bit of a fine isn't she she is yeah i still haven't uh, seen any of her other f- 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 yeah, fiction films but i've heard some of them are supposed to be pretty decent cool okay um lindsay uh my number five is behind the candelabra mm, um mainly because it was was really enjoyable to watch. It looked pretty. They were some astonishing performances from, well, pretty much all of them. Uh, what's his fa- what's his called? Rob Lowe's face deserves an <laughs> award in its own right. I don't know. I don't know how they did that to him without um, without actually doing that to him. If that makes any sense. But it's, it, and it kind of reminds me of yeah, maybe that's what he looks like now because it's say it's a similar just kind of HBO movie thing. The one they made about Sarah Palin as well. Um, they just they just understand plot really well, so it was just it moved really quickly. It was it was really entertaining to watch. It was ludicrously camp, you know, Matt Damon in all the sparkles in the world, and I just really enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, and I, so it made its way up. I, I just found it, I found it really solid. But for me, the actual sort of main relationship was a little bit generic, and it kind of it didn't it didn't really interest me that much. But um, but you're right about I think the performances definitely were great in that and it's nicely shot and everything very solidly made film but it didn't blow me away it kind of yeah cool cool yeah. okay my number five is robot and frank oh did you watch it i never saw it in the end yeah i did say that's why i made my top five rings already oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hard, yeah, hard. I, I didn't think you'd like it you didn't think i would no i thought that i vaguely recall having a conversation with you at the time and and or maybe it was something else there was a lot along the similar theme. But anyway, tell us about it. Why did you like it? I can't I talk it. about it because someone's going to hire. Oh, okay. Laura, number five. Number five, really. Again, my pool um, is not that big. But my number five is, is Thor 2. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, well, I, do you know what? It, it, it <laughs> could have also been. I mean, like, to be fair, it was one of my disappointments as well, like <laughs> the games was. But, um, but... It just it, it it wasn't the biggest disappointment because it just, I just I thought it was quite good and quite and good. Quite, and five films. Well, I haven't seen that many films. 
sponsorship. You said Philomena. Was, you wanking over Philomena a minute ago. That's, that's not even... Yeah, but I still enjoyed it more than Philomena. I mean, it, so it's it not, okay. action fun. And and the scene where they're going through the through the world. I'm not going to say anyone likes this. This is a spoiler. This film where they're... The, the, this scene where they're just fighting and it's just... It's just so much... It's not even just... Incre- it's not necessarily incredible. It's just funny. And I just, I just like... The thing that um, I liked about it the first time, it still had a bit of that. Maybe not as much, and it may be this time when they tried to, like, use the humour from him being in the other world and being a bit ridiculous in the other world. It maybe sometimes got a bit over the top. But I don't know. I still liked it. I still thought it was funny. I, th- I just thought it was great fun to watch. Not as good as the first. And it's why it's not as high up as what I thought. I think that was number three last year. I've but, missed yeah. loads of blockbusters this year. It's weird. I've seen a lot of films this year. I was looking at my list. I've seen about 60 or 70 new releases. But I've just... i missed loads of the blockbusters. Looking at the top 10, like, block, like money makes of the year. I haven't seen Iron Man. I haven't seen Thor. I didn't see... Um, what was the other one? People mentioned. Yeah, I missed a load of them. I saw a lot of the early summer ones, but all the later ones, and I just missed yeah, all. I Hunger, missed Hunger Games. Yeah, Hunger Games. I didn't Hunger see Games. Pacific Rim, Man of Steel. I, I missed everything. Terrible. I think we watched, we watched yeah. opposite blockbusters. I watched all the Pacific Rim, Man of Steel ones, and then you watched all the Hunger Games, Iron Man. I, it's weird. I, I like, had a big period where I stopped watching. But anyway. Um, okay, so, Lindsay, what is your number four? Oh, me now? Oh, we've changed yeah. the order, haven't we? <laughs> Okay, my number four film... Oh, hang on, I, I haven't said my number four. What? Yeah, but can't remember, we're moving it along, we're giving some... Oh, answers. I'm confused, yeah. Darren's okay, yeah. complicating the format. It's all right, I'll wing it, it's all right. I'll, yeah, yeah. All right, you're in charge, you're chair. Uh, my number four film was White Hat Down. Really? Because, because, it, because the same reasons I watch Independence Day every time it's on the television, because it was... A well-made. Because you hate Americans and you love seeing destroyed. Exactly. We'd only just watched Olympus Has Fallen, which is basically the same film, but it's terrible. Really? I, no. I've heard the opposite. I've heard no, Olympus, Olympus Fallen is surprisingly Fallen good. It's really tries doesn't know what it is. Olympus Has Fallen ha- tries to be a serious film. You've got Melissa Leo and Aaron Eckhart acting their faces off, and it's just boring. White House Down is. You've got, you know, Channing Tatum in your Will Smith role. You've got Jamie Foxx playing the president. They're basically, you know, reflecting what we have now. You've got a little girl who video blogs. You've got some angry, I think they're Russians. I can't remember. <laughs> There's, you know, some terrorists somewhere. But it is just the right amount of trash action. And, um, you know, I love a good trash action. So it, yeah. And it's, it's as well, well made a trash action as Independence Day was when it was made 20 years ago. Obviously now Independence Day is a little bit ropey. But, um, and I'm sure this film will not stand the test of time, no. but every time it comes on the telly, I will watch it. Blueprint Review, the only podcast where White House Down makes a top five film of the year. <laughs> no, no. And I'm Nebraska sure makes the top teenage... bottom two or whatever. <laughs> I'm sure there's a teenage fanboy website somewhere that's got White House Down as a top Channing five. Channing Tatum. He's quite funny. He's quite good as a comedian, a comedian actor, Didn't, as a comedy actor. He's got a good sense of time. Wasn't I never saw Magic Mike, but isn't isn't he he in that? Isn't he supposed to be quite good in that? No, I didn't. Uh, his story, isn't he? he? Kind of came up with the story. Yeah, all right. I find he it hard to be all kind of you know feminist in one corner about female object, objectification and then go and watch something like Magic Mike. So it's supposed to be pretty decent, it. but yeah. They all take their clothes off. What's not to love? <laughs> um, okay, uh, my so that makes number four. Is Wreck It Ralph? Nice. Oh no, no. That was actually my six. Just out there. Fuck's sake! I'm not allowed to talk about any of mine. <laughs> no, I, think, I think there's going to be quite a lot of crossover in the top five. To be honest. 
Yeah. Um, Laura number four. My number four was Robot and Frank. Okay. Hey. Um, so we can talk about that now. Uh, God, it's been a long time since I saw it, but when but when it came up in the uh, in the list of the films that came out this year, I was like, oh yeah, I love that film. Yeah, I, was, you can't remember anything about it, can you? No, I can remember quite. Uh, Susan Sarandon was in it. I remember that. Okay, uh, there's no, the review. <laughs> no, it was it was lovely. I and I think the thing I loved about it most is this, this development of the relationship between him and the robot, and how you know how he's. He's like, you know, no, he's lost sort of, a, he's not lost everyone, but he's completely, he's a loner basically and just thinks it's ridiculous and then eventually just, you know, gets his trouble with his robot. And that sounds like a really derivative story, a loner, has a robot, hates the robot, learns to love it. Okay, wait, um, I'm going to shut up, you talk about it then. Um, well, it's just a great film, the reason it's brilliant is because it does sound a little bit trite. You do kind of, you could predict that it'd get really overly sentimental and a bit kind of, Bogue-worthy, but actually, it's really cynical. It's got a quite a dark, black comedy to it, and it never it teeters on it towards the very end. Um, but it actually, it never resorts to sentimentality, and it and it kind of plays it. It plays it how you'd expect to play. It feels real, it, as real as a fucking robot film can be. It feels you know, it feels right. It's kind of judged really well. It is brilliantly performed. Um, it's very funny. And it's got a bit of a twist. It's got a bit, yeah. you know, it's got a nice, it's got a nice, it's got a nice concept to it. It's, it's very good. It's a really great film. Is the twist Skynet? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the robot is fucking euthanasia at the end. Um, that would be a pretty good ending. Yeah, it would. Um, anyway. Dave, your number four. My number four. My number four, and I think someone else might stop me, but my number four was Inside Lew Lewin Davis. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Okay, so my number three, and I'm pretty positive that I'm not going to get to talk about it, is Captain Phillips. Yeah, don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I thought so, I thought so. Um, okay, Laura, your number three. My number three is The Hunger Games. <laughs> uh, I know we've talked about it already. Um, I'm a bit of a sucker for it. I really love it. Like I say, it wasn't as good as the first one. Um, but it... What do you love about it? It's number three. You clearly what love it. I what is it that you love about it? It's her character. I love her. I Jennifer Lawrence's yeah, character. Uh, yeah, Jennifer Lawrence's character. I just, it's, I just think that... Um, it, it's, I sound really trite when I say this, but it's about time we have a female character like her to just, you know, she's to just kind of something different. And, and well, How different? You explain I, it. You know. Uh... She's not two-dimensional. She's got a lot about her. She's. I think about her, the depth of her character, in that she, you know, she, she's not one of these like. In terms of female characters, she's not just not like got anything behind her eyes, and at the same time, she's not overly emotional. She's just, she's just um, very different. I think we need to start drinking rum when we do yeah. this podcast. <laughs> she's, she's not. Okay. A the reason, okay, the reason I think she's strong is because. When a lot of people make strong female characters, they make female characters like men. Yeah, yeah that they makes do. Sense. And I think yeah. she's a strong female character because she's a strong woman. And yeah. it's not about being stronger. No, no, no. And it's not about it's being. Not. And it's about. It's not, yeah, exactly. It's exactly what you say. It's not about her being a, a, a strong woman, although she is. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, yeah. about, her, it's about her emotional depth and, and the fact that she's 
in many ways that women are usually supposed, supposed to be strong, she's not, which is more realistic actually, um, in, in the sense she has a lot of like, problems with her personal life and you know, she, she finds it difficult to talk about her emotions and, and actually that's a lot more real than, and, than just this ludicrous kind of, well, the ludicrous characters that we usually get, I can't even go into it any more than that, but you know, like that, that yeah, and, I, and actually I just love the world and I, I actually do like the games themselves, not so much when they get so ludicrous, but the, the character, you know, between the characters fighting and the, the premise of it, and, the, and actually this time where it is like all the, the heroes fighting against each other, I like that concept. Of that. Again, I don't think it was executed brilliantly, and that's probably the book, but you know, I do. I, I don't think it's anything to do with the book. I thought the film mismanaged it, whatever. What have you guys, have you seen you two seen it? No. No, the second one, no. Oh. But I think I, I, no, I just haven't got around to it. I think the um, the appeal of Katniss is that she's very much just her own her own individual. Her her gender isn't actually a factor, exactly. Other than the fact that she's a she is a girl. So you know, in the first one, the only really sentimental moment she has is when the little girl dies, and that's you know understandable because exactly. there's a little Everybody dead girl in front of her that she's got quite attached to. So there's something about, and I also, I, th I think, I think a lot of it is Jennifer Lawrence. I think Jennifer yeah, Lawrence yeah. is such yeah, a strong yeah. actress in her own right. Like you, and you, you feel when you watch her in anything that I've seen her in, you look at her and you think, this is uh, a woman who doesn't give a shit what you think about her. And that's very rarely seen on screen. Women are always thinking about not well film and tv women are always about what of how they're perceived externally whereas she's all about who she is internally and everybody so like she's Silver doing her Facebook. job which is yeah which is the, what they should be doing which is being you know preoccupied with being the character and, and yeah. the best performance she possibly can which yeah and, she, and she's freaking good at it as well you know she's a really really good actress which i think yeah, comes in really fantastic. handy um, okay, so what number are we on now? Yeah, Dave, you're number three. My number three is Captain Phillips. I didn't see this. I thought it would be really boring. You can't talk about that though, Dave. Oh, okay. Oh. Okay, so my number three is Wreck-It Ralph. And I know, Darren, you yeah. quite like this film, so I'm going to let you talk about it. But you can't talk about it. Oh, no. Okay, so who's number two is it? Laura, your number two. Okay, well, we can talk about Captain Phillips then, number two. Captain Phillips, yes. Uh, shall I start off? Um, just because... Um, I think hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Well, Dave, have you got it higher? No, I, I just said it for my three just then. Oh. Three, but it's my number two. So I'll just start off and then I'll pursue Dave. I'm sure Dave will have loads to add. I saw my last top five as well. Yeah, you. Well, go on then. Anyway, um, uh, this film... Uh, was I, yes, it was brilliant. It had um, the right amount of you know build up of tension and, and and tension all the way through, obviously. But the reason that I love this film, it sounds ridiculous, but was for the last. Well, I thought it was five minutes. Baron Simpson think it was thirty seconds. Yeah, it's about thirty seconds. <laughs> the acting in the last five minute stroke, thirty seconds, was unbelievable. It without a shadow of a doubt is the best acting I have ever seen it was incredible and for that alone i just think and i can't give it away because obviously i don't want to give it it's nothing to give away the ending isn't a twist or anything no, no. i mean it's just yeah. about it like you know yeah, tell yeah. people what 
But, uh, yeah. What was... I think the way people talk about the ending is like, you expect it to be this big twist ending. No, 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 it's not. It's just his performance. Yeah, that's what was weird with me because I watched the film after the podcast where you weren't there, Laura, but Darren and Chris were raving about Captain Phillips and so it was getting hyped up loads to me and but but you but Darren's going on about this last few seconds. So throughout the film, I was terrified. I thought, oh, there's gonna be some crazy, horrific, mad shit going on. <laughs> and then it's no. like, oh, is that it? I mean, I no, I do totally agree. That scene is amazing. But it was, but I was, I was just like, what? I, I, it made me almost more on edge because the film was. I mean, the film. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Darren, Darren and I had a good cry on each other's shoulder. <laughs> I didn't just cry. I am not joking, didn't I? Laura was there. I actually broke down <laughs> after Aww. the film. Like, I, I cried at the time. And then afterwards, like, this is the film had finished. We left the summer, and Laura went, that was quite sad, wasn't it? <laughs> and then she looked at me, and I broke down. Jesus. It was the weirdest experience I've ever, ever had in the Crazy. cinema. It was just literally, it is probably the, the rawest performance I've ever seen. That's yeah. the way. It was the most believable, the most exposing sort of emotional sort of piece of acting I've ever. Yeah. ever it was just unreal. Yeah. It was weird. It was a really weird thing. The film is but the film's incredible anyway. Like the whole. Yeah. Do you know it is? Yeah. It only made it three on mine because I don't know. It wasn't quite as tense as I yeah. thought really? it was going to be. I found it incredibly tense. I think. I think as well for me. I think um, was how well it sustained. Uh, I mean. Was how well it sustained the excitement and sort of tension for me. It it was just, it didn't feel because it was quite long, wasn't it? Was it almost yeah. two and a half hours? It just did not feel like it at all. It was it felt like a ninety minute sort of thriller I mean, for me, and it was just I just oh god I was so gripped because I I didn't get as emotional as, and and I'm I'm really soft these days. Films films I'm always crying during films these days, but it it actually didn't hit me emotionally like like you guys said. I think maybe because. Because of what we were talking, because of the podcast, I was almost expect anticipating it. But for me, it really delivered on the sort of thriller, sort of like excitement side. I was just like, whoa! It, was, it just blew me away. That's why I, it was in my top five. I just, I thought it was incredible. Actually, when you think about it, there were a lot of quite long scenes just in tiny spaces. I, watched, I know that's through, but just for a very long time. Yeah. I, I remember just a lot of things happening that were very similar over yeah. and over and over. When, when yeah. you when you think about it, not a lot really happens. <laughs> when no, you think about it. no, no. But it's so tense. It's just it's really it's so brilliantly handled and performed, and yeah, it's it's fantastic, it, fantastic. And what he always does, the sort of the sort of objectivity he has yeah. both sides yeah. of the. Yeah. No one's the villain. You know what I mean? It's so brilliantly sort of handled. Yeah. He's, he does that. He did that with United ninety three. Yeah. He does, he's fucking great at not making these sort of two-dimensional characters and villainizing people and, and, he's, and he plays situations out and it's it's great he's and he does that again it's, it's about these somali pirates and you have you don't know who to feel sorry for you don't know who to, you know yeah it's great he's, he, he's brilliant at that um yeah very good very very good film um cool. if he doesn't fucking win the oscar for that i will shoot myself in the face but I, don't, I don't think he will i don't think he will i i actually think mm-hmm. bruce dern might end up winning yeah well, tom hanks will I don't think Tim Hanks will. Yeah. Yeah. I think he will. Don't he think fucking he will. should. He yeah. should. He should. Um, okay, so Lindsay, what is your number three? 
My no. my number three. Number. Dave's number two now. Is it my number two? No, that was yeah. Laura's number two. Dave's number two. That was my number two. Yeah, Dave's number God two. God damn! I thought you were in charge. <laughs> Sorry, I just I broke down again thinking about. Uh, <laughs> my uh, my number two is a bit of an unusual one actually. My number two is the punk syndrome, which is I talked the about pussy the pussy riot film. No. No, um, it's it's a, it is a documentary. It's a documentary. I talked about on the podcast ages ago. I think I saw it near the start of the year. It only got a small release. It did get shown. I mean, I saw it at cinema. Um, it's a documentary about a a Finnish uh, about a Finnish punk band that's made up of. Oh, Finnish! That's a surprise. <laughs> oh, I a, remember you talking about this. This was ages. It, but yeah, it was. It's a Finnish punk band of of people with sort of mental disabilities, um, or however you're supposed to, whatever you're supposed to call them. But, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so PC. Um, but it, it was what you talk about films making you break down and affect you. This is easily, in terms of affecting me emotionally, no other film affects me like this. Not necessarily. Uh, I must have cried out four times in this, but a lot of the time it wasn't... There's was a couple of emotional bits, but it wasn't... What I liked about it was that it wasn't powerful in terms of, like... It wasn't, like, saying, oh, my God, look at how hard their lives are, look at how well they're coping, da-da-da. It wasn't all <coughs> overdramatic. It was just really sweet, the sort of friendship and that these guys had, but also... And sweet makes it sound a bit cheesy, but it really isn't. It's kind of... It's quite a down-and-dirty rock documentary, and it's it's also quite... I just love the relationship between them. It's kind of like almost like Spinal Tap in terms of the ridiculous things that happen to them, but but believable in a in a documentary. And it just it just happens to be the fact that they that they have these uh, disabilities, and it just handled that so well. And also, it's I say that wasn't the only reason I cried. The, the main reason I cried was it was so funny. <laughs> it's just it's just I have not laughed that hard in a film this year. I mean. And I liked Alan Partridge movie, and no, not everyone else did. But and and as I say, this is the end. I actually quite enjoyed that. But this made me laugh a lot more. And it wasn't an out and out comedy, but it's just it's a brilliant Was you film. Laughing at the mentally disabled, Dave? No, no, that's the thing. Again, you're not laughing at them. You're laughing sort of with them because it's just ridiculous some of the stuff they get up up to. Um, it, it's it's brilliant. It really needs to be seen by more people. Really, it's, it, it it was fantastic. In a year with some great documentaries. I mean, as I say, Stories We Tell was brilliant. And there's some good, other good music ones. The Beware of Mr. Baker, that was good. Um, Hip Hop oh, Hoax, that was pretty I good. I didn't see that. There, there's quite a few that I didn't see. There's stuff like Blackfish, which I was a little disappointed by, but it was decent. And, but for me, that was way ahead of any of them. I mean, it was close. Stories You Tell was brilliant too, but, um, but though, that was just incredible. But, yeah, anyway. Is it me? Yep. I don't know. My number two was also a big surprise. It was Filth. And um, I don't know if anybody else saw it. No. Filth. Filth. Yeah. What's what? 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 That's a surprise. I thought it looked awful. It's well, the 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 thing. I quite like a bit of Erwin Welsh anyway. Um, so it was what I expected it to be. It was quite. That a, way you're um, in Edinburgh. Yeah, that's why I moved here just to try and find Urban Welsh. <laughs> is uh, I thought it would be a big, you know, punch in the, of a film in terms of fuck loads of drugs, loads of sex, load of nudity, load of violence, load of you know, kind of almost Scottish stereotypes. And to an extent, yes, that's true. But James McAvoy is astonishing. He's astonishing in this film. It's genius. Really? It's an, it's it's mesmerising to watch. He's he's awful but you sympathise with him from the start and, and you know that it's not going to end well for him. 
um, and you know that, that the whole thing is a delusion and you know that he's completely off his fucking rocker, but you still, you, you go with him and you, and you feel for him. And then the last kind of 15 minutes, which you know, I never, this is why it was such a surprise. This is, I never expected this to happen to me that the film did something different to what I expected it to. And like, it's the same thing with you and Captain Phillips down. It destroyed me. Like his performance Phil. in the last 15 minutes. Yeah, like the, the end of the film, um, he, he pretty much just gives up. Um, but it's done in such a way. And, and, you know, to some extent, there's, you know, a set of personal circumstances that probably make it slightly close to the bone, which I won't reveal because, you know, people might want to see it and it will ruin the film if I tell you. But um, I'm like, fucking everything properly, else. I know, I know. But this is, you know, this is actually quite a big twist. And don't watch Superman, it's shit. Um, don't forget that, folks, don't forget that. But, um, and it's, it's, it's not just McAvoy. So the last 15 minutes are astonishingly emotional. But the cast around him, so, you know, you've got, um, I always want to call him Billy Elliot, Jamie Bell, um, and this kind of bunch of seedy cops in the kind of the 80s, I guess it is. Um, and it was just a real surprise. And it surprised me just how brave it was as a film. He didn't apologise for itself. It didn't apologise for, for being quite in your face. Um, obviously, it's set in the city that I live in, which looked stunning on film, which was, you know, a cheeky bonus. But, yeah, it was, it, yeah, it was just really fucking good and really fucking brave. And the Scottish people I know that saw it didn't like it because <laughs> they felt it was like, you know, all we ever get presented as is lying, drinking, swearing, drug-taking bastards. I was like, uh, have you seen a Richard Curtis film lately? <laughs> <laughs> you know how as an English folk are? We're all Hugh Grant and there's only one white, one black person in the East End of London. <laughs> um, but yes, so that was why I loved it. And Darren, I think you'd really enjoy it. I've, um, the performance from McAvoy is worth it. Very much so. Cool. That's surprising, isn't it? Right? But... Oh, okay. Sounds good. Um, so my number, no. Your number two. Yeah. Yes, my number two is Inside Llewellyn Davies. Uh, um, what is this film? I've heard of this. This is film. a Coen Brothers new film. It's just, ah. just it's very recently just come out. We saw it at Cannes. It was easily the best film at Cannes. Yeah. Um, and it's just, I, mean, I do love the Coen Brothers. They're not, they're not always perfect, but they're pretty much always perfect, yes. to be honest. But this film is just so fucking entertaining. It's about a Bob Dylan-style character. Um, a folk singer who's not really made it, um, and it's just sort of following his, his sort of life really. And it's very, it's one of the simple films. There's not, not got loads of depth to it, but it is just the, the music is brilliant, which helps. The songs are fantastic. The performances are brilliant. Um, he, uh, the, the main guy who looks completely different in real, in normal, in real life, um, Isaac, Justin Timberlake's in it. Yeah. Oh my God! And he's good. And, um, and what's a phase? Who I fucking think is amazing. Uh, Ka- um, uh, Mulligan. Yeah, yeah, Kerry Mulligan. Um, she's she's in it as well. She's amazing. And it's just brilliant. It's just pure entertainment. The music is brilliant. And I just absolutely loved it. And it's one of those films that I know that I can just watch and watch. And I will never yeah. get bored of it. You get that a lot with the Cohen's films. Yeah, exactly. It's just a, it's just amazing so entertainment. That was in my That was in my number four as well. Um, no, well, as well, it was in my number four. Um, I can't imagine anybody watching this and not being entertained by it. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's, it's just, the characters are so strong as usual. It's just so 
funny. And uh, it's got their sort of, they've, they've got a few films like this where they follow one character and just in a sort of spiral of just shitstorm of things going wrong. And it's kind of got that similar sort of thing. Yeah, what's going on in the background? <laughs> no idea. Someone... Anyway, anyway, um, so brilliant. when is is this out now? Because I keep I, I, the title sounded familiar, but I think, I think it's out now. Yeah, yeah or, or next week or something. It, it, Carrie Mulligan was on um, Graham Norton talking about it last night, so it must be out at the moment, not soon. Yeah, brilliant. I, love, I absolutely fucking loved it. Is that your Saturday night in now, Dave? Which in? Uh, I'm afraid um... so. <laughs> Babysitting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's not babysitting um, so, when it's your own child, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Just remember that one. Yeah, it's called being a father. Oh, what? Can't, no one tells can't I just take 15 quid and go home? <laughs> uh, that is someone in fucking denial, that is. Babysitting. I've got access to the fridge, everything's good. Uh, okay, number one. Let's do number ones. Go I on then, Dave. Limited batteries. Uh, my number one, I think, might be someone else's number one, is gravity. Yeah. Should we talk about it in a minute? Yeah. <laughs> no, well, you can both do it at once. I didn't see it. Yeah, why not? Um, for me, it was... Um, bizarrely, I mean, this is going off on a bit of a tangent. It's going to make it sound like I didn't like it. But bizarrely, when I watched it, because, again, like Captain Phillips, I watched it a little bit late, and it was mega hyped. Everyone was saying about how amazing it was. And uh, bizarrely, even though it's my number one favourite of the film of the year, it was very slightly disappointing. I think, I think for me, everyone was saying about how intense it was. And for me, I found Captain Phillips more intense and and sort of uh, almost. But at the same time, Gravity for me was felt like it was something as well as being. It was still very intense and it's very exciting. But for me, it was just it felt like something new, and it felt like he was breaking total new ground in terms of. Uh, I mean, mainly the special effects. Um, I guess was the main thing he was sort of breaking new ground with. Because uh, the story is quite sort of pared down and sort of sparse and things like that, but it it just it it just he throws you right in that experience of being lost lost in space, I guess. <laughs> well, not you're lost, but sort of um, being out there and being sort of out of control. You can't, yeah, stuck in sort of Sandra Bullock situation. And it's it's it was just it was just amazing. It just amazed me. I I, I thought it was stunning. And, and the other reason I loved it was. Um, I, I do get a bit annoyed with. I've talked about this before, probably when we talk about some of the big blockbusters. I get a bit annoyed with a lot of the common trend of blockbusters these days of being a bit overly serious, of being too long, sort of going on for two and a half hours and things. This for me was what I prefer a blockbuster to be. It's like straight to the point. It's right, right. We're going to throw you in this situation. You're going to deal with it. You're going to enjoy it, and you and it's just going to rattle through and bang, bang, bang for ninety minutes. It didn't didn't piss around it just did what it wanted to do and it did it brilliantly utterly brilliantly so and with the effects and sort of techniques that I've never seen before so for me it was just it was just amazing even if it wasn't quite as intense as maybe some people had said it was uh, yeah brilliant yeah I haven't got much more to talk about I think the key word though is like you said they didn't really linger on was the word exciting it wasn't yeah. as intense as Captain Phillips but it was always exciting yeah so it made sort of tension and excitement it was thrilling always thrilling to be a part of it it does feel like a ride yeah in a, in a weird way it does feel like a simulator sort of thing <laughs> but that's sort of like credit to the filmmaking in a way that you sort you you're not in a simulator but you sort of feel like you are you sort of like feel like you are spinning spinning around in yeah. space and it does it just brilliantly so it looks beautiful and then and the thing is what's amazing about it is that it's like it's what um 
um, Terence Malick sort of wishes he could be when he does his really <laughs> pretentious sort of shots of space and these, you know, it, it, it's got some real beautiful yeah. imagery, some beautiful poetic sort of moments, which there's not loads of it, but a few of them, and it's just so fucking beautiful and sort of, and in those weird moments, sort of quite reflexive, you know, and then it just goes they ape shit again, and it's just, yeah. and there's only literally probably about three or four moments where it does that, and the imagery is beautiful, and it's, you know, yeah. and, and then all of a sudden it's bang, you straight, you you in a, another moment of it again, and I just thought, I just thought it's fucking, yeah, I thought it was awesome, and, uh, and I, to be honest, I wasn't, ex- I didn't know what to expect, obviously the hype and stuff, yeah. I wasn't too impressed with the trailer, the release, I thought it looked, oh, I love you know, the trailer. Yeah, I thought the special effects looked a bit, but no, watching it and watching it in IMAX, watching it in 3D, it was like, it was an absolute experience. Yeah. How do you, <clears throat> sorry, how do you think it will fare for home cinema? Like, how do you think it will be watching it? Well, I think tellers are so big now that yeah. I think it will fare pretty well, but I think what makes, I think it will stand on its own on a smaller yeah. telly, but... Part of the thrill of it is having it on a big telly and amazing sounds. And 3D sound. help, I think. Yeah, even 3D, yeah, exactly, even 3D. All that will help. But I do think it's, it's a good film. It's a, it is, like Dave said, it's a very simple story told very well. Um, yeah, so it's almost like a, um, a film made for cinema, though. Would, would that be fair? Or? It works better on cinema. Oh, it's a bit harsh. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people say that. Like it's, you know, it's only good in the cinema. I, I wouldn't be surprised if I really love it at home still. I think it's a little bit harsh saying it's yeah. just... I, I, it's definitely not going to be bad. It's, not, it's definitely not going to be a, a bad film when you watch it on TV. But I do think cinema... It, it, I think it's always going to be a slightly better yeah. experience. Mm. But it's, it's not gonna, you're not going to stick it on and be like, oh, this is shit. Um, but... Yeah, I think it will lose a little. You you need a great setup to really appreciate it and get into it. If you watch it on yeah. an old CRT sort of telly on DVD or whatever, it's not going to be quite the same. But so if I watch it on my phone, it won't be as good. <laughs> <laughs> Can I talk about gravity just for Do you have a to, minute? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to end on a negative because I I I didn't enjoy it. I, I, well, that's it. I didn't enjoy it. It's full stop. Um, I. I mean, partly for me, I thought it was overhyped. Um, uh, I'd watched a, a lot of stuff on it. I'd loved, watched a lot of reviews. I was very excited about it. And then, and, and partly, what I was excited about was the fact that all of this stuff that we've that, that we've talked about, which is the uh, the the new groundbreaking camera work and stuff, which I thought was excellent, and I I, I did enjoy all that. But one of the things that had been said in a lot of the reviews that I've been listening to was that um, Sandra Bullock was incredible, and she wasn't for me, and mm. that destroyed it for I me. Absolutely, no, no, I don't rate. I never. Well, that's not fair. I do rate. I think it's the best film of the area. I'm coming, I'm coming to the good bit. Um, I, I don't. I, I don't write her in that kind of thing. I, I quite like silly romantic comedies and that kind of thing. And I think she. I, she she's always. I've enjoyed those, but I, I didn't. I was worried about this, and I, and I think my worries were founded. And I, I just don't think she had enough depth for this character. Like, just didn't work for me. And George Clooney is just ludicrous. He's just so silly. Um, that that didn't. I'm going to on your number one film as well. I'm not saying I'm just I, you know I'm just adding my opinion but one of the things the things that no one's mentioned yet I thought was most incredible about it was the sound yeah, oh, the yeah. Sound, what made the film like 
it, it, blew, it, it blew me away because of the set. The, the, and, and one of the reasons that I got annoyed in the cinema, which maybe didn't help to my enjoyment, which I had a really annoying person next to me who was chomping oh. on popcorn in the really slow moments. And this was like, oh, really? And then she was making comments about things that the characters were doing. I was like, this isn't the kind of film where you can do that because you're really bad and everything's really quiet. And anyway, so. I had a dickhead sat next to me as well, isn't And actually was one of the things that really kind of made the film what it was like the camera work yeah fantastic but you know of course you know the sound added so much to it I just thought it was absolutely I don't yeah. know groundbreaking is that the right word no that's not the right word it's very good it's not groundbreaking sound mm. well there was a documentary on the sound well supposedly it's got some sort of didn't it didn't it use some sort of new it's got some yeah. name for the new technique of it. I yeah, think it's, yeah it's just like something. how they did the surround sound aspect of it. Yeah, there's a good documentary on it. It's on YouTube. And so that's It's supposed to be on the DVD. Yeah. Okay, Lindsay, what is your best film of the year? It was shit. Uh, oh, thanks. Um, oh, no, sorry. I thought that was what we did. <laughs> my best film of the year only just made it into the year, but um, American Hustle. Right. It is. Ah. The problem is I don't want to do the hype because there's already been a lot of hype. So I'm actually going to keep it fairly simple. It is a really good story. It's really well told. It's really well performed by everybody. There isn't a weak link in that chain. It looks stunning. It's, the soundtrack's incredible. Amy Adams' wardrobe is to die for, except for everything that's cut to the... I'd make some things a little higher necked, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> really interesting, really different as well. So you, this kind of, you know, it's got a slightly kind of gangstery feel, but also it's quite funny. Um, because you've got a kind of a, a, a number of different people doing voiceovers throughout it, um, predominantly kind of three of the characters that were kind of following it and, and how they all link together. But it is, even Jeremy Renner, Mr. I Just Run Around and Like Punch Things, puts in a really fucking solid performance. Um, it's just, yeah, it was just a real kind of palate cleanser. We saw it on just New Year's Day, technically, so it was 2014, but shh. Um, and it was like, it was like, oh, actually, you can just make a really good story. It doesn't have to be, you know, life-changing. It doesn't have to be transformational. It doesn't have to be worthy. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, based on some kind of historical kind of accuracy. It's just a good story. Like, it felt like reading a really good novel where you're just yeah. like, where you, where you just devour it for the enjoyment of devouring it. And, you know, it's not unnecessary in any way. It's not like gratuitous or it's not really violent or um, it's just, it's just really fucking good. Cool. I mean, that's, that's what I've heard about. I've heard that it is brilliant, but it's like really fluffy. Like there's no yeah. weight to it. No it, it has weight. If you, you have to go with the they, They're telling you a story. And in the same way that, you know, if any, any story that you read, unless you're engaged with that story, it won't mean anything to you. So it doesn't have a, um, any implication wider than its story. So it's not like a cautionary tale or an allegory or, you know, some big moral thing. It's just yeah. the story of these people and how their lives come together. And, um, and that's about it. But, you know, any, so people that don't like to read fiction that doesn't have, you know, like just stories probably wouldn't like it, but, I love a good fucking story. I and love stories. Really Not enough films have good stories. Yeah. It's a really good story and it's really, really interesting to watch. Christian Bale, who has been worrying me lately, is is spot on. The man, you forget that he actually can act his fucking socks off. You really do. But yes, that's Maybe enough. another Oscar? Uh, possibly, Probably but... Probably not. Yeah, it's tricky. They put weight on and the Academy love 
the academy love a fat suit don't they so possibly <laughs> interestingly do you know who might jennifer lawrence might end up with another Again, one I've heard because she's more. only a little bit in it but she's fucking nuts and she she nails that character to a t and and she's just she's every time she makes every time she's on the screen she changes just the whole thing she's just stunning to watch i think i might have a little bit of a question on the clients clearly <laughs> amy adams on the trailers i've seen she puts on this really shit english accent but i've heard it's, it's deliberate like yeah it's deliberate so she's basically her kind of they're, they're a pair of um like not hoaxes like con artists right. almost her and christian bale and her thing is that she's a um She's an English woman uh, who has connections with banks in London and she'll help people get finance for loans and things if they give them money. And that's their, that's their scam at the start of the film. And their English accent is, it's not bad, but it's clearly put on. And, it, you know, like you wouldn't, if you met her and you thought she was English, you wouldn't disbelieve her, especially because Americans don't really know what English people sound like. Mm. Um, but yeah, she, it's, it is deliberate. And she, she, she can be a bit of a struggle sometimes, Amy Adams. Um, like sometimes I think that you can see her lines in her head, um, mm-hmm. but it's not the case in American Hustle. So I don't know who directed it, but it's great. David O. Russell. David o. Russell yeah. oh, okay, I, that means nothing to me, but yay, go David O. Russell. He did uh, Silver Linings Playbook. Oh, uh, exactly. It's very much like that. You know the um, the thing in Silver Linings Playbook where people talk really fast and they talk yeah. over each other and and there's that kind of it, conversation doesn't loads. make sense. I still haven't seen Silver Lion Playbook. Oh, Silver Lion Playbook is really, really good. The fighter put me off him. <laughs> I didn't like the fighter that much. I didn't like Oh, the no, Christian Bale's not in the Silver Lion Playbook. Brad, Brad, oh. No, no, I mean, Bradley it's the same Cooper. director, though. Same. Oh, oh, yeah, no, the fighter was a bit weird. But Bradley Cooper's really good in both Silver Lion Playbook and American Hustle. He has a perm in American Hustle. It's brilliant. Cool. Okay. So, anyway, I would say don't believe the hype, but believe the hype, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best film of the year. The final film of the year, so two for Gravity, one for American Hustle, and the final one... Oh, me, Wreck-It Ralph. Yay! Yay. <laughs> it was really good. That was my number six. No, Wreck-It Ralph is amazing. It was just brilliant. It was just, I remember seeing it at the beginning of the year and just going, yep, that's in my top ten. I know it is, but yeah, it made number one. It was just, just a brilliant film. watched it again very recently and still laughed at the same things and... It's a, I'm simple, what can I say? But, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It, it's just, it's very, it surprised me in so many ways. Things happen that I didn't expect to happen, which I think is very rare, especially in a, uh, you know, this is, no, not especially in a children's film because there are some great children's films out there. But just, yeah, just, like, the story excited me and grabbed me every second of the film. It was it was funny in the right moments. It was sentimental in the right moments. It's got absolutely great characters in there and obviously characters that we recognise, but then also some great new characters. I mean, it's just brilliant. The voiceovers are fantastic. I mean, everything about this film is brilliant. And, and number one, the story, which we've talked about before, it's just a brilliant story. Cool. I find it weird that any, because for me, it's like if you love video games. Yeah. I find it hard that you love it that much and you probably don't get half references. I think that's great. I think that's a like, like, testament I think, to the I think film. It, yeah. I think how well people know video games like I do get a lot of the references to the video games so, um, yeah, of course, yeah, I know, but I was just, it's just, it's just, I just presumed, you know I, know, I know a lot of video game fans love it because of all the references and all the characters yeah. but it doesn't matter that's, but that's testament to the film that's what, because the film is, is, is a fun, it, the story just overrides all that anyway, it wouldn't matter whether it has all those references because of the fact that it's just a very, very clever story um, 
and it ha- yeah, it has funny, but it has a Wizard of Oz reference that's hilarious. You know, it just it just which we were talking about the other day. Just, so yeah, do, have we all seen it? And do we all love it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was my number six. So it just What's missed not out. to love? Well, exactly. Two, it so is. And Laura are intellectually matched. <laughs> I was. It's my number four. Yeah, you see, what it was just six, four, two, and one. Yeah, that is mad. And also, in a when you know Pixar have been really disappointing lately. Yeah, Um, yeah. And I've heard I've heard not very good things about Frozen. My friend, I've heard loads of good things about Frozen. Oh my, I've heard nothing but good stuff about it. Oh no, my friend said that she took her nieces and nephews and like two of them got really bored, which should never happen in the oh, cinema really? with a kid's film like that. They should be like, they should be wrapped from start to finish, even if it's just people falling over. Um, <laughs> it's no Despicable Me too. let's be fair. But um, I've yeah, heard it was amazing. I've heard good things yeah. about Frozen. I've seen it in French. Um, <laughs> so I'm not, I can't really have an opinion on it. Um, so, but it... it yeah, I'm not going to say anything about it because I need to watch it in English to fully understand it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, but so I, I couldn't get a lot of the jokes, obviously. But the the story, obviously, I understood the story. Um, and it's I'd say probably average. So the jokes have to be really good to make it brilliant. I've heard yeah. the characters are brilliant. Yeah. that's what I've heard. The, and the songs are, are meant to be amazing. The, song, the songs sounded beautiful. Songs. Oh, that put me right yeah. off. They were really saying. But but anyway, let's talk about Frozen. Talk about Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, what a film. Um, sounds good. There you go. So there's, all, uh, there's our favourite films of the year. Yeah. Um, and are we going to get back onto the podcast? We should again? try. If people are up for doing it, we'll have to do it online. This The quality's going to have gone down, I'm afraid. Listening yeah, to let's it. see how this, this sounds. If it's really bad, maybe it, you've been... It's a bit off. ropey, but it's... It, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but it was never that great before. <laughs> True. Okay, so what film? Just to end on, because Sherlock's about to start. Shall I just run through what's coming out? Oh, sorry. (laughs) Are we we looking forward to most in 2014? Ooh, this is probably her. Although there's a couple of good films coming out soon, but probably her. 12 Years a Slave, maybe as well, but her I'm more looking forward to. Her, definitely. I'm with you. Yeah. I want to see the Supernova Walter Mitty badly, only because it's I, the type of film that I'd want to make. I, I wanted to see it, and then they were like, it's the new Forrest Gump, and I was like, oh, damn it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, and I don't I don't know. I haven't even looked beyond what's on this weekend. There's loads of shit I didn't see last year that I wanted to see, so... There's yeah. loads um, coming... Do you want to have a quick look on the internet while I talk about mine? Things? I don't, I don't have... You are, I'm talking to you via my internet, and it will make noise. Oh, OK. And Sherlock's about to start. Sherlock is about to start, and I'm going to be really quick. And mine's a really random one. Um, it's it's got Colin Firth, and it's called The Railway Man. Oh, I saw, I've and seen quite, it. Don't get too excited. Oh, you've seen it? <laughs> I saw a preview. It was showing. Um, it, me and Chris went to watch it. it, was, it, it there were free preview screens at Lincoln, like oh. early screenings. It's not very good. It's uh, it's all right. It's kind of got good bits in it, but as a whole, it doesn't really work. No, it's mm. don't get excited about it. <laughs> I do, can I just quickly talk about? Not so excited, but more like interested just because it was weird because I was reading, we went to Thailand this year and, and it's a, obviously um, we went to the bridge over the quarry, we went to Canterbury yeah. and, and we read about this guy, this true story, this guy, Eric Lomax. So, yeah. uh, we read about, I read about him, um, him having gone through this, um, this, this torture and then meeting this man. And that's sort of why, so it was just, it was just more because it was like quite... Yeah. 
it's, um, topical for me, I is, guess. So I, was quite, I was like, oh, that's kind of, oh, that should be interesting, but it's not very good. Well, no, I think the idea, the idea is strong, but the execution's a bit clumsy, and it doesn't, it, it kind of muddles things around too much and skims things over, so it feels like a missed opportunity. So it's got some good, some elements are very strong, but as a whole, it, I didn't like it. I didn't like it very much at all. It was quite low down in my. Colin Firth, anybody you expect? Well, yeah, Colin Firth would not make me. Yeah, just because, just because I read about it. But yes, hair looks fucking beautiful. Yeah, can't wait. Beautiful. Okay. For so, those of you that aren't northern, Darren's saying her, not me. <laughs> just, just to clarify that. Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. I want to do that. So hair's yeah. milk. Oh, did you no know one that? wants to see Nymphomaniac. I'm no. surprised. Oh my god, no. Everywhere here, pictures are ridiculous. Oh, I hate that man. Although I did, it looks awful. It looks really bad. But uh, you know, it's it's probably it's probably easier to just go and buy porn. At least you get what you want in a porn. (laughs) You know, at least you get a money shot in porn. I don't need to go into porn though, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Interestingly, they do do it. They do everything. But um, cool. Okay, so Sherlock is on now. Good chatting to you guys. Uh, (laughs) Pleasure. Happy Let's hope Sherlock is as good as one of our top films of the year because it hasn't been. <laughs> Ricky Ralph cameos, it'll be awesome. <laughs> 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 now that would be Moin, wir die Mädels mit Akzente von dem Tvers Universal Podcast. Ham Bahu Bashi Lerkia Hebraman Kepal Ke Podcast. Olá, nós somos as miúdas com sotaques do podcast Através do Universo. What? Moin, moin, I'm Matt. Namaste, I'm Nick. Olá, I'm Sophia. We're the chicks with accents. From across the universe podcast. Join us every fortnight.